You're listening to The 100%. I'm Edgy Grace. In this episode, I talked to Chelsea Perkins. She's a multiracial artist, musician. We talk about moving consciousnesses to other bodies, how she realized who her father was when she was eight, and we question how much is passed down, nature versus nurture, personality, skills, and how someone knows that they feel a particular ethnicity. Here's my conversation with Chelsea Perkins. So I grew up on the West Coast. Um, my background, I am, when you look at me, I look very mixed raced. Um, well, I am <laughs> very mixed. Um, you see me, I have um, like tan, tan skin, freckles all over my face um, and curly, curly hair. Um, I'm part black, Spanish, French, English, Irish, Scottish, and a little bit of Native American. And people look at me and they think like I'm a black girl. Um, but I personally really see myself as, you know, I, I grew up in California. I grew up on my mom's side, which is predominantly like Caucasian looking and, um, and Hispanic. So like I consider myself Hispanic culturally because I grew up making tamales and eating pozole during Christmas and that sort of thing, eating grandma's enchiladas. <laughs> so that's how I see myself growing up in California. When did you first realize that you were multiracial? I guess a part of me always kind of felt that way just because my mom like has way lighter skin than me. Like I definitely don't really look like I kind of look like her because she's my mom, of course. But when it in regards of skin tone and hair texture, my mom has straight dark hair, um, and light Caucasian skin and freckles all over her body. Um, so she looks she looks Caucasian. She looks white. Um, and then I look at me and I'm like super dark. Like, I, well, when I was younger, I was like really tan. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you're like playing out in the sun, like you're really dark. And then you grow a little older, you're a little bit lighter. But yeah, I'd say, yeah, maybe definitely in the single digits, maybe like eight or so. I grew up in California. I'm brown and California is mostly like, you know, Mexican and Hispanic. So I felt like I fit in pretty well growing up. Um, I didn't actually find out that I was part black until I was, um, I started asking my mom who my dad was. <laughs> and so I found out when I was like eight, I didn't really know what I was. I just knew that I was my mom, like my mom's. And, um, but yeah, so it's interesting, though, too, because it's like I have this whole side of this like like African-American side that I don't really know about because I wasn't like I didn't really grow up in that like sort of environment. So I really feel culturally that I'm just like, you know, Hispanic. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you felt um, that maybe people perceive you as being mixed black something or other. Growing up in California, everybody thought I was Mexican. Okay. And then um, I lived in California till I was 15. I moved to Arizona. Mm. Now this was interesting because then I moved to Arizona, finished high school there for my junior and senior year, went to a school predominantly white. That was the first time that I felt different, like really different, looked at differently. And I felt like an outsider. I felt like I didn't feel comfortable anymore, honestly. I, I had pretty high self-esteem before then, and then I kind of like didn't after that. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Hmm. Um, but uh, 
yeah, that was very interesting. I just felt different. What was that? What was that process like? Realizing the difference and feeling that you said yourself, your self esteem was affected. Tell me more about that. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just felt like people like looked at me differently. Um, but and I did, and I couldn't really relate to them on certain things. I don't know. But when I also think about it, um, I, I'm, I've moved to Arizona to live with my aunt and my uncle, my godparents. And um, the school that I went to was actually, they were Cauca- mostly Caucasian and they were also like um, the upper class. So that not only were they like white, but they were like white privileged, <laughs> like very much so. So that even made it harder for me. And which this, this goes a little bit even like, this is like a little bit off topic. I, I, my mom's a single, was a single parent growing up. So like, we always like, we never had like, we weren't poor or anything, but like, we weren't upper class for sure. But um, so it was different, a whole different world. So I definitely just felt like a little bit of an outsider. But I also realized that part of that was just my inner stuff and not like, you know, other people judging me because then people started to like, after after the fact, when high school actually ended, everybody kind of was like reaching out to me and they're like, by the way, like I always like loved the way you dressed and like kind of wanted to be your friend, but didn't know how to approach you. <laughs> so this is people reaching out to you like via... Yeah, like, like MySpace back then. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Interesting. But it, yeah, I realized that it was really just like inner stuff of just different territory. So... Yeah. What do you mean by territory? Well, because I grew up in in Santa Maria where like it was predominantly brown, you know, um, mostly Mexican-Americans and like like I don't even know the percentage of white people. There were white people um, and then some black people, um, you know, some Asians. But, you know, I everybody had my skin tone. So I didn't really think about that sort of thing. And then when I moved to Arizona, it was like new to like a different thing. Like, Oh, I've never been around so many white people. <laughs> so, so in that, um, do you feel like, so, so how do you process yourself in terms of your, your, your background now as a, as an adult post high school? Oh, now I'm just like, well, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed people see you and they're like, what are you? You're like exotic. <laughs> It's almost got it like a privilege. It's kind of like our own privilege in itself because people are so fascinated. Like, I can't pinpoint where you're from. (laughs) So now I embrace it. I love it because it's like I can be anything, honestly. But yeah. When you say uh, be anything, do you mean like like so for instance people used to that was the first thing they asked me and i was Always. i was working new jobs all the time because i was freelance and so i wouldn't even get hellos how are you is my name is or who what's your name it's just like are you where are you from you're native. what are you and some people would like point and be like you are native american and german i know it i have a native american <laughs> german friend he my friend salazar just looks just like you and i'm like uh, uh you know, hi, I'm Andrew. Like, nice to meet you. Can we <laughs> yep. do a little introduction first? Um, and so sometimes I would, it got to the point where I would, I wouldn't, okay, I'd kind of lie. They'd say, they are you blah, blah, blah? And I'd just say yes, because I just really wanted to move on. And I'm not sure if that's like, uh, I don't know, someone can tweet at me getting mad at me for that. But it was just like, oh, so much. I just say yes, because I just wanted to get it over with. Um, that's that's not that, honestly, like, that's not a big big deal. Like, I'll boo-hoo us for getting asked some questions. But it is an interesting thing that is oftentimes... Uh, many people's first like I-, I cannot put you in a box mate help me box you mm-hmm. you know 
Um, and that is really weird for me. You mentioned there was a lot of internal work that you did and that mm-hmm. many people wouldn't make you f- make like do something to make you feel that way or make you feel bad or whether it's self-esteem or things like that. But you mentioned it was an internal thing for you. Um, mm-hmm. How did you come to rework that in your mind? If it's an internal thing, how did you what what were the steps that you took to really go? Oh, this is not about them. It's about me. Um, I think it was just like, you know, living life and, and realizing that there's just so much more like there's just, you know, I don't, I don't know how to explain that except for like like you like your mind can can make you, make you trapped with those things of like oh like I'm I look different therefore I am different or like it's it's just the internal work is just I don't know how to explain that um um growing up and realizing that <laughs> that um we're all the same I don't know like I just don't I don't mm, yeah that we're all humans like we're all human beings um I yeah I'm just interested in that that process because I think a lot of people that I've been talking to have that response where they're going very rarely I mean there's certain cases where there was some legitimate racism brought against certain people um but many times it's just an internal conversation that happens in people's heads this is me speaking for me at least Mm -hmm. um and some of the folks that I've heard from but at least for me it was something that most people weren't doing much or very little to make me feel either not a part of them or, or one of them or, but it was little things that I would do to myself um, internally to go, Oh, I don't belong here. <laughs> or exactly. We do it to ourselves. At least in my case. Yeah. yeah. What, what was oh, that I like? Had, same. Yeah. What was that like for you? What, what kind of stuff? What were the things? Was it just like that you mentioned in Arizona in high school or what was it like? Yeah. I'd say mostly like in high school, just like not seeing anybody that like looked like me. And I did actually become, um, closer to, like, I had one really good friend in high school that, like, became one of my best friends, and she was, like, one of, like, the five Mexican girls at the school, like, and she was brown, like me, and I noticed that I did gravitate toward her because it was something that I knew, um, I eventually opened up and realized, you know, there's nothing different, like, it's just me in my head thinking, like, all these things and also you know the media and all this stuff like that I mean that's an even deeper conversation in general about the whole world how every privilege with skin tone and color when it comes to even other countries like South America like in South other countries in South America where or like Brazil let's say like Brazil for example or something like like they have the lighter skin people are favored more than the darker skin. That's just like how it is even in film and TV. I mean, it's nice now like that you find like finding commercials and stuff where you see like mixed race people like, Oh, there are people like me out in this world. (laughs) I think it's also just traveling as well. Like I traveled to, um, I used to live in New York and then like when I went to London, Oh my gosh, so many like mixed race kids, like so many like, people that looked like me where it is the norm. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> hmm. what, what, what was that feeling like when you were in London? Oh, it was just, I mean, it's just awesome. Like so many people there, like a lot of, a lot of like half black, half white people, like, um, um, I'd say for sure. And I just loved it. It was just other people that have my hair texture, other people that have my skin tone. Um, it's just nice. <laughs> I think I think it's really interesting that you mentioned um, before. I'm going back to something. Uh, you mentioned that you found out around eight or so that your your father 
biologic father may have been black or mixed black or something like that. What was that like for you finding that out? Um, it was cool. I was like, oh, like I thought that was cool. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm, my dad. He's half black. I think. Yeah, I think he's half black. Something like that. Um, which makes me a quarter black, and then I'm like a bunch of other things too. So I'm, I feel like I'm like quarters of everything, or like like I, I put all the white stuff in one quarter <laughs> and then like I guess Spanish is technically European but it's got more flavor and so when I heard that I was like "Ooh, flavor like I'm cool like you know <laughs> but um but um but I don't the, the culture I I still like I've been like as I've gotten older I've like embraced that side and have gotten to know more of that culture and also like gotten to know like my dad's side of the family, which is really cool. And um, well, I'm also um, I'm a, a pop artist, singer, songwriter. And like I remember going and hanging out with um, my dad's side of the family it was a reception for my sister's wedding, my half sister, who also we look alike. It's really cool. <laughs> and um, I met like I got to hang out with all of like my dad's brothers and we're jamming making music and I realized I'm like whoa like I literally I literally get my musical genes from my father and it was like a really cool thing that I'm like really grateful for and I just went way off topic no that's no that's really great (laughs) so so how old were you when you were doing uh with like your sister's wedding you mentioned just that that was just like I think like three years ago something yeah it was like I actually had a huge epiphany I was driving home from Ventura and we had it was in Ventura and I was driving home and I called my mom I was like, mom, I finally get it. (laughs) I was like, I get it, mom. I understand like why like I have these like, like musical, like, like, I don't know why music is just so easy for me because I got to witness like all of my dad's like family just jamming out and making music. It was so effortless. And, and like, I always wondered growing up, I was like, man, where do I get that from? Like, like my mom sings and stuff, but like nobody in my family is really musical musical um and then I met like hung out with them and I was like wow jeans man jeans it's like real I used to grow up thinking you know it's it's about who raises you but then like your jeans like your DNA it's like real <laughs> what was it like you, you mentioned you know calling your mom and having this I get it now what was that like in the moment when you were with them? oh I was crying it was like wonderful like things just kind of made sense like I I felt like I knew like like I guess like where I was like who I was I don't know part of my identity like where it stemmed from because I always kind of even in my own family like I didn't I always felt loved in my family but I always looked different in my family like nobody in my family looks like me even in my extended family like I don't look like anybody um I th- well, yeah, um, especially like, yeah, my brother on my mom's side, like we don't look a thing alike. My half brother, <laughs> we have different dads and we don't look a thing alike. Nobody has curly hair like me, like in my mom's side of the family. Um, so like a part of me always has felt a little bit different, but I never f- felt like I wasn't loved or anything. I was like, in fact, I felt like it was way loved too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I remember when I was little thinking I look different compared to everybody. <laughs> Was that 
Because I don't remember, for me, I don't remember thinking that I looked different until some, like pe- kids would point out that I was different. I didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see that my mom was different, didn't see that my dad was different, didn't see my grandparents look different. I just was like, all right, this is just, I guess this is whatever. And then I wasn't, like, I, I think it was in middle school that I remembered kids pointing it out to me. I was like, oh, I, I, well, I guess, I guess. I, I, obviously, there probably was some point, just humans categorize things. So I'm sure I saw different kinds of things, but I never thought about it in terms of who I was mm-hmm. until later. And then I'm just totally like, oh, my God, wait, wait, I'm not. I'm not one of you. This is really <laughs> weird. How did I never notice? Um, and then, of course, it's in my head. But hmm, do you feel like you you mentioned crying and being with your family? How does that, or does that affect how you view who you are now, reconnecting to those roots? I think it just I I feel like a like a little bit like more whole, like knowing where like things like coming from, like because like I said, um, I used to be um, really like prideful on the fact that you know it's like <clears throat> I remember like well like I never really man it's a whole nother story <laughs> that whole situation like not really knowing my dad's side it, it wasn't my dad's fault really like at all it was actually really my mom's fault for not like telling him that she had a kid <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah cutting in one second more to come I'm having a idea the idea is to get a couple mixed race people together doesn't matter what kind, what background, and see what happens. See what conversations come up, what experiences are similar. It's like a little mini version of this podcast, except for not recorded, and more communal. So we're going to do one in Los Angeles, August, that's very soon, 21st. Uh, check out our Facebook group or our website for more details. Actually, really, my mom's fault for not like telling him that she had a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole nother story. But like, um, so like, I didn't really like know that growing up. And a part of me was like, Mom, like, why, like, like, I wish I had known this. Like, like, like now I know where this like side of me comes from. Like, I always kind of felt like I never knew. Like, I thought I was different from everybody. And uh, sometimes I felt a little bit judged. Like, oh, there's Chelsea going out trying to make music, <laughs> making a career out of music. But everybody like was very supportive. I think that's again your own head talking to you. <laughs> but I also feel energy, so I'm like, hmm. <laughs> but it's just really cool to like. I don't know if that made any sense, but. Just to like, just to feel like, oh yeah, this comes from here. Whoa, I don't know. I'm interested. I don't know about. So, for instance, here's here's this is a, like a general question that I've walked into all of these sessions with. Because if you asked me a year or so ago whether race matters, I would say it matters because we make it matter. But if you asked me two years ago, I didn't really think race or ethnicity. We we overdid what it meant. But here's what I mean by that. Um, I, I have certain people will identify with so many different things, right? Some people are like, I'm gay. Like, that's who I am, right? Other people will be like, I am black. And, and that is like, that is so much of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put your consciousness in another body, obviously, would you be you? I don't know. But would you somehow suddenly not be you? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it in terms of how different people identify so strongly with one thing or another that I don't know if it is like, I'm not sure if I believe in like true selves or whatever. Um, mm. And so this is a completely different, like weird kind of conversation, but I'm interested in, in with mixed folks though. Uh, I've met some people who really strongly identify as mixed. I'm probably frankly one of them, but at the same time I also recognize like, does this even matter this construct? So for instance, 
in different places worldwide uh, or, or different pockets, people will find any any reason to differentiate people from from different people. Like you know, the Rwandan genocide. Um, they found things we would all go like they're black folks, but no, right? They were very specific. You are this group, and you are this group. And to us, you know, in America, we're like, well, you're kind of just all the same to us. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but any culture can find very like slight differences. You know, you live on that side of the river. You're the, you know, just to create whatever, and then we can fight. And part of me goes, is race just kind of all that? Like, I get that there are visible differences, but in some ways, I don't think it necessarily matters as many as much as other people do think it does or at least that's what i was thinking a year or two ago and so that in some ways clashes with the it's in the blood right i'm not saying i'm not saying one is right or the other i'm going i, I don't know what is what's here it's a question and I've, i'm still in that question and it's kind of a very weird uh thing but do you have any insights in that or do, how do you how do you negotiate the front that um that is very interesting that i love that um <laughs> If I was put, because I do, I feel like I do identify, like strongly identify with myself being like mixed race, like in, in who I am, especially as I've gone, like, you know, as I've grown into it and like really embraced it. And like, if I, if my consciousness was in another body, like it would probably, I'd probably be a little bit different because like I've embraced this as who I am, like my body, like and like mind and soul it's like kind of like all one and i'm sure like the core soul or whatever <laughs> that you were speaking of would be there but it would if i was put in another body it would definitely be like okay so this is the new body like like i get to love this now and like adjust to this now like what is like i don't know but you're right we have made something of it here. right so that's what i'm thinking because i was hearing a bunch of different interviews with different scientists talking about essentially uh duplicating human consciousness if that could be done into another form whether it be you know uploaded to the cloud or into another uh, whether it's a robotic body or you know mm. theoretically human body whatever but i'm going okay if, if you put me into a a black body or a, a white person's body would i suddenly be a white guy i feel or would my consciousness be like this feels wrong do you know what i mean Ooh. but to me it, it says something about how race as a construct for me at least as i've been thinking about it how much do, have i decided that it matters to me i'm not saying it should or shouldn't or for me or for other people but it definitely did i'm still in the question going how much does this matter and is this who i am and what would i i don't know so let's say you're you're in a white person's body, like you said. Do you feel like I don't know whether I adjust to it or not? This is the weirdest conversation. I've never thought about this before, like yeah. this way. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the the thing is, is I don't. I have no idea. I'm just imagining that, like, <laughs> if if well, like, I personally don't have any. Like, say there are multiple. You live multiple lives, as a lot of people believe. I I don't have any recollection of those lives. I don't know what I looked like. So when I think about it now, like, would I even remember what I looked like? <laughs> like? You know what I mean? If the soul does move into another body or whatever, um, unless like I was put in another body, then it'd be like, okay, well I look a little bit different. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if that's just growing up in a place where if so for instance, like we, I'm using white as like the, in the American context, it's kind of the cultural standard in, in many ways for better or worse, for better, <laughs> at least in terms of, so, so for instance, like if I were to talk to 
when I'm listening to podcasts of people like talking about, you know, transferring their consciousness to different bodies, I'm like, they're mo- for whatever reason, they're mostly white folks. And I'm wondering, I feel like they can just be like, yeah, I exist in another thing. But I feel like if we were talking about if people of color doing that, especially in America, maybe if it were in a, they would be like, well, I think it would be a thought about whether they exist racially or not, or whether they don't exist, you know what I'm saying? Like whether that's a thing. But if we were in a place that was predominantly let's say if we were having this conversation in Asian, we're all Asian. Would we have, we would we not even care either because we're all Asian at that point. It's only because there, there are differences and there's so many, such a diverse kind of sphere that we live in in America that it even becomes a thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You have, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I mean, you grew up in, in a predominantly white, like I've never been to the Midwest. Um, I've only been at the Chicago airport. <laughs> yeah. That O'Hare. But, um, yeah. Like I said, I feel I don't know. And I, and I don't know, like, if I'm being politically correct or whatever. I honestly don't care. But like, because I've been saying, yeah, brown, we're brown. I know in other places, like, they like take that really like, like, seriously. So I apologize if I'm offending anybody. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I grew up in California. And I still feel like California is mostly like Hispanic. And I don't feel like, I don't know, like I said, I only had that time when I moved to Arizona. And to experience that, um, I am going, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I lost myself. I can pick it up with a question. So, yeah. so I didn't realize it. And then once I did realize it being race and my, how that related to me being in a body that was not of kind of this homogeneous thing that I was growing up in that was white. Um, and because I wasn't white, I, there was an insecurity about not being white and there was a desire to be white, but that was only because I was in a white place had i been in a i don't know predominantly xyz i wonder how much that would have been a factor um and i I don't know if that's specific to mixed race folks but i do think that it is different for mixed race folks specifically if they are part of whatever the the dominant thing is so for instance me being partially white i feel like i even wanted to be at least as a kid definitely want to be more white because i was like i was close like i could see it i was almost there i could almost fit in but no right whereas for someone who is simply you know mostly anything else they're like well i, I mean i can be culturally xyz but no one's ever going to even perceive me as that mm-hmm. i don't know i think that, that i think that conversation is slightly different for, for you being predominantly or at least in terms of as you describe your well it's interesting did most uh brown folks or latina folks or hispanic folks uh, that you were growing up and did they see you differently or was that not you said that you looked similar skin tone wise yeah no i never yeah no Mm-mm. everybody thought i was mexican actually because i mean and that's what the town like was predominantly too was mexican-american and like and me being like you know tan like i'm mixed with like like I do look like I could possibly probably right not right now but back then I used to straighten my hair I had brown hair like right now I have you know I have cr- a curly platinum blonde hair um <laughs> looks great um thank you um and I've also bleached it so it gets it's like really fried but you know back in those days um I would flat iron my hair um and I was tan, I had brown hair. I did look like I was like Hispanic, you know what I mean? What was the impetus or the reason for you um, ironing your hair? Was that a big thought? Was oh, something because to ugh, I couldn't control my curly hair. Like I didn't like, I, it was just a pain in the ass. Also like, like when you think about it, that's like, that's, that was the look. And, and like, I didn't know how to manage my hair, my curly hair. And not until high school, 
Um, also after I was like damaging my hair like crazy, flat ironing it all the time. I actually even in eighth grade I got um the permanent straightening thing done where like it what permanently straightens it. Like whatever hair you have. It it was like a Japanese um thing, like a thing that came out from Japan like a while ago. So this is like two thousand three. Um permanent straightening system whatever hair grows thereafter is you know your natural hair so it was growing out curly but like i would wash my hair and it'd be straight and i was like oh this is so easy but then like my yeah and then i remember i think in high school my cousin taught me um she had like wavy hair and she taught me how to like use a diffuser so then i started to learn how to manage my curly hair and then i started to do it more for like you know because it was easier and faster but I always did desire the straight hair like because number one it was easier number two is also like the look I don't know you know when you're in junior high school and you just want to fit in sort of thing I think it's so bad when you're in junior high school and high school you just you want to fit the norm and then when you become an adult you're like I don't want to <laughs> like then you embrace who you are because you, yeah. you know I think I think what you're describing isn't particularly in some ways unique to like in middle school you said in terms of trying to fit in Mm -hmm. but i think it is interesting when you add a racialized component potentially where you know hair is specifically uh, you know historically especially in the u.s uh, especially within the black culture like a a very cultural you know touch point in terms of how folks have been either you know uh oh gosh um, viewed by their hair or chastised because of their hair as natural as it is did you feel like was that ever did it ever cross your mind um, that that was an aspect to it or was it? No, not really. Um, when I think about it now, it's very interesting because now I can kind of see it. Yes. A little bit, but then no, it was just like, you know, but your brain doesn't kind of like my brain wasn't, wasn't there. Um, I'd say, but when I think about it now, it's like, yeah, just trying to fit in sort of thing. Um, and I can see how that can easily like go with this conversation for sure. Hmm. Um, so you said that you found out you're you're twenty five of or whatever percent black. Yeah, black, like half black. I'd say, like it depends. Like everybody looks a little bit different, but um, it's really cool though because all my cousins, I think, like all of my dad's brothers, because he has like I think nine brothers, and he's an identical twin. They all had babies with white women, <laughs> and so all of my cousins, like. Like we all look the same. Like we all we're all like got the same skin tone and curly hair and like it's really cool. <laughs> I'm interested. So I remember this. Uh, some people might hear the story again, but I um I was in D.C. and I remember very clearly watching a bunch of what I think Japanese tourists take pictures of of all the monuments and they looked at me and I looked at them. I'm like I'm not quite one of you and they're like. He's not quite one of them. I'm going to delete that. I'm going to delete that. That was a horrible accent. Horrible. I'm going to self flash I think I remember myself. you telling me this story. I think story. I told you that story in LP, uh, which we did a program together. Um, anyway, point is, I remember seeing a bunch of people in D.C. Um, kind of, and we were just looking at each other going like, we're, we're not quite the same. We have like some weird connective tissue. But I definitely felt... I didn't feel connection. I felt more distance in that, even though in some ways it's actually connection. But of course, me being me, I'm like, no, I don't fit in anywhere. You know, <laughs> such an idiot. Um, that's my tendency. That's my problem. Um, but I'm wondering for you, when you are around, uh, let's say, uh, 
people who are predominantly or like mostly Mexican or black, do you feel like, oh, I'm with my people? Or do you go like, I'm I'm kind of with my people? What is that? How do you negotiate that? Um, You know, I don't really... It's funny now that I'm like, you know, where I'm at in my life, I honestly can say like, I don't like really think like that. I don't know. Because <laughs> I literally have friends of all different like cultures. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know how to answer that because I honestly can't say that I've really felt like that because I just, I feel like I'm sort of like everything and like I haven't experienced anything, um, at least um, not that I can think of at, uh, right now in the, in the most recent, you know, time frame of any of where I felt left out or weird uh, for being actually I did sort of feel um, I had this opportunity to possibly have one of my songs chosen um, for this campaign for a very big well-known company um, for the state of California and it would have been perfect for the project I had somebody really like rooting for me really rooting for me in the office for the board meeting let's just say okay uh, I don't know if I am I allowed to say it I, that's up to you. Okay, and, well, um, also, I'm not sure what your NDA okay, may yeah. or may not have been. I want to make no, sure. No, I have no NDA. I ha- almost had this opportunity uh, with the YMCA. This woman um, for this program with the YMCA, where they needed uh, to pick an artist that represents, um, you know, um, like uh, self love and loving yourself, owning your worth. Like, and they loved me because I'm biracial. Well, I'm not. I'm multiracial. Um, I'm like not super skinny. I'm not fat either. I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know how to, pr- you're you. I'm like, I'm myself, like I'm voluptuous in all the right areas. Like I look like I eat and I don't starve myself, but I, um, I, I, they were going to possibly choose my song jewel for their campaign. And it would have been used in all of the YMCA's in California and possibly even Texas. And, um, and their whole campaign, my song would have been perfect. Like straight up, it's all about giving. Like these kids would have to like learn the song and do dance routines to it, and like sing it and whatever. And it's all about teaching these kids to love themselves and the body that they're in. And the woman um, that was like repping me, she's like, "This song would be perfect. You like this song represents everything that I'm that I'm trying to like go like you know for this campaign. You know, because California is predominantly brown." They wanted somebody that looked like me, somebody that looks normal and healthy and is projecting love and self-love and worth and whatever. So my song is called Jewel. It's all about you're like you're a jewel meant to be displayed. And it goes it went it would have been perfect. And they the ladies, she told me that the ladies, they were all old white ladies and they thought that I was too um eclectic. <laughs> and that was like the first time that I was like, "What?" would have gone perfect with their campaign it's like there couldn't have been a better option (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting because i i always try to give the benefit of the doubt in those situations i'm not saying you're wrong oh no totally oh no no no. well but i it's it it is rough though there's it's rough because there's been so many so many times that I've heard of things like that. I'm like, I always try to get the benefit of that. It's not always. It's not always about the race. It's not always. It's not about that card. It's not, then just sometimes it's like, okay, y'all. Well, when I hear that it was a room full of old oh, white sure, ladies. Sure. Um... Oh, sure, sure. Oh, I'm not invalidating. <laughs> I'm not invalidating your position. I I totally She's hear just that. A little too eclectic. I'm like, um, um, you want 
okay, you you don't want some, you know, all these br- like brown children Give me to the relate blonde to haired, this chick. Blue eyed lady singing <laughs> yeah. my normal country song in a pickup truck. That's fine. Yeah, it's that's like, great too. I like that music sometimes are, too. But come how, on, Chelsea. How are all these brown Very children going to relate to this white chick when I'm like literally handing you something that's perfect for your campaign on a platter? This this brings <laughs> up something interesting in terms of role models. You said you'd be, you know, repping, representing in some ways, a lot of kids in terms of them looking like you, mm-hmm. how, and that being important to you, how important was that to you growing up, seeing different people that look like you? Did you see people, whether no. it be, what was that like? Tell me more about that. Um, I mean, it just, I didn't see people like me. That's just what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, you had... Lindsay Lohan and <laughs> Nicole Richie and <laughs> yeah, I don't know like there weren't anybody I, I didn't really find that yeah I didn't really have any role models that kind of looked like me um but when I think about it like what were my who were my role models now that I'm like trying to think about it um I loved pop music so I don't know I think I liked Britney Spears <laughs> So here's here's one oh, thing. No. I'm I'm just going to throw this into the space. This is a very white seeming question, um, I'm, and I don't necessarily believe what you may think I'm intending behind the question. But I think I'm trying to find some nuance. Which is, I'm going to use my I don't know my I was going to use a Donald Trump voice. No, I'm not going to. Um, but role models are role models. It doesn't matter what race they are. I've heard I've heard something similar to that. And good role models come from all different you know shapes and colors. And that is, I think that is true. But I found that a lot of what has been presented are mostly white role models. And and I'm wondering, I've learned tons of lessons from white people. Not, I have nothing against white people. But I'm wondering, for you, when you find someone who does look similar to you or does have a certain background to you, what does that do for you internally, different than just seeing someone else who might be white or whatever that you also can attack, connect to or attach to? What is that like? Because most of my white friends are like, it's just a role model. Like it doesn't, why does it matter that they happen? Like, why do you need them to look like you? And a lot of white folks don't, they don't get it at all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, so part of this reason why I'm doing this is going, how do I talk to white folks? I know I, like I grew up with white folks, but I sometimes fail at communicating the experience of a person of color to white people. And some people I think it's completely lost cause. You're never going to be able to do it. It's impossible. But I, something about my, whether it's ignorance, youthful ignorance or idealism goes, no, I, there's some way that I can do it. At least to some, some white folks, because some people, some of them just really don't get it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter what kind of race or moral model is. It's just a good, it's just a good person, but they just happen to be white. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I get excited when I see more like people that like look like me, at least in the media. Like I love, I think like, I'm, I think I mentioned this earlier, how I love in uh, how all these roles on TV and film and in commercials, like you're seeing these in like a Target commercial, you'll see a, a, a like a black father and a white mother and their little mixed race kid. And it's like, oh, cool. So now we're in commercials. <laughs> Cause you're, cause you, yeah. Um, the, I think, um, the media for a long time was, you know, showcasing a lot of, you know, Caucasian talent, and I think it's still it's getting better now. I know that Hollywood's been going through their thing right now, um, where they're casting more people of color, um, and now 
uh, casting more like people um, like more like um, like uh, a like Asian characters in lead roles. I think it's just perfect. Like it's like finally we're getting out of the whole like oh if you want to play a lead role you must be white like you know what I mean. And I think it's just we're starting to change, and I think it's great. It's just cool because the more that you can see it in the media, especially when you're a kid growing up, you don't feel so different. In a sense, right? Yeah, I mean, I, that w- I would say that would be my experience. Yeah. Um, you work in, in a lot of different fields, but one of them is music. Mm-hmm. Um, and do, do you feel like being multiracial? How, how do you feel like you've navigated that in, in a music space? I'm not sure how that space is. I'm not really in music. I like I, I'll do music, but I'm not like in the music industry mm-hmm. um, proper. Have you felt like? Um, how have you? Is that uh, at all thought in terms of your background as you're entering, as you're in the music field? Is that like, do you ever feel like you have to play up one like part of your background to like fit into a particular group? I can't. I'm not a good liar. Like I can't hide it and fake it. <laughs> that sounds like you've tried. I like. I you know you catch yourself doing stupid shit, and you're like, why am I like doing this? Like I'm not this. Like. I can only be and act from a place of truth and like I can't like fake anything or try it like I I am a mixed race girl from California I sometimes have a I very much have a valley girl accent I'll say yeah a lot yeah (laughs) I do it all the time like I sound like a white girl right now like (laughs) you know what I mean like I but this is just who I am like I can't fake anything I mean I do have swag but like (laughs) but like I can't fake it um uh yeah no i can't have you ever tried like i think we've all tried probably like and i wouldn't say um in a music space but that was your question in a music space no i I can't and what other spaces have you tried and what would that be like probably like when you're younger and like you're hanging out with the black kids like you're hanging out like you know what i mean like when you're younger you know but just trying to code switch and be more yeah like amp up your black side or something i guess i don't know but um yeah, I've just learned that you can't fake shit. Like, you got to just be real and just be, like, honest. Like, you are at where you're at in life. Um, don't try to... Because it shows if you try to be fake. <laughs> Speaking of fake, here's some ads. Just kidding. No one's listening to this. Just you. But if you are enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, subscribe, all that good jazz. I have no idea how that works. I'm... I'm not a podcaster. I'm just doing this because if I was a kid, I think listening to this would have supported me. Anyway, check out the rest of the episode. Well, I think it's so funny because more of more and more people are going to be mixed race in the future. All, all, yeah. I mean, more are currently born than there were, you know, 20 years ago, mixed folks. So in some ways we're integrating in terms of a perspective, but in some ways our, our conversation about race, I feel like though we're having it a lot. It's breaking down. It feels like, um, especially by ideology, whether it's conservative, left, right, I'm not sure. Yeah. But and so one reason I'm doing this, most frankly, most of the people I'm going to be talking to are left leaning, just not not on purpose, just yeah. because I'm in California and we're kind of a liberal bubble. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in having, I'm interested in having conservative mixed folks on, Ooh. and what like do they pro- how do they process that? I'm not saying they'll be wrong or right about how they perceive it. That's how they perceive it. I'm not, you know, but to be able to have a conversation about race and their thoughts on whether it's yeah all the, the all these intersections and I, I think that would be interesting because I think I think being mixed I think we're gonna have an interesting perspective mm-hmm. and potentially be able to bring 
perspectives that otherwise wouldn't be available to us. Yeah. So for instance, um, you know, some people who are biracial, black and white have a particular insight on the black experience, which is different than someone who's black, like fully black and grew up black. You know, mm-hmm. They might have a particular perspective seeing some ways both sides of the family, yeah. you know, or whatever mix it may be, whether it's biracial or not. So I think it's I think it's a good thing. I think it's a total great thing. I also think that we're in our bubble here, though, too. I'd like to think that like that race is breaking down, like for sure, and I think it is definitely on the left coast. Um, but then I like I don't know, just with everything happening right now, our president has brought out all of these. alt-right people coming out and spewing all of this hate and how they want to like cleanse this nation (laughs) and and i feel like so for a while i was thinking yeah 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 and we are in a more loving place than we were um you know 70 years ago for sure we have made progress i'm just I'm still just so flabbergasted by, you know, everything that's happening out in the South and all of this crap um, that I'd like to think that we are breaking down, but I do think we're in a little bubble because we do have it easier here. Do you feel like that's just mostly exposure? Um, Being around so many different people of different backgrounds, whether it be mixed people, but also just like, I don't know, my, my neighborhood, I'm not sure what my neighborhood is, but it's it's pretty it's pretty diverse yeah it probably skews latino but overall pretty diverse yeah um and that's probably exposure i think it's a lot of it's just exposure right yeah i think just getting out of of where you're like i learned a lot when i went and traveled like like when i mentioned i lived in in new york and in london you just have to experience you know different cultures there was a study looking at how quickly um acceptance of gay lifestyles or queer lifestyles have become in the last 20 years. And a lot of people were looking at studies and how that actually happened. If you look at the rate of general acceptances, it's, it's been very fast um, in terms of just acceptance of queer folks, specifically gay rights, mm-hmm. um, and how that is so radically different than acceptance of non-white folks. And the conversation between that is mostly, most of the research concludes that most people had either gay or queer people in their own families. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to ostracize someone if they're in your family. People do it all the time, don't get me wrong. Right. But it's it's harder. And they're in they're already in the family. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh well my son is gay or you know whatever or my daughter's a lesbian. Like I I can I can do what I will, but it's already like in my home. Mm-hmm. Versus you know, having meeting a person of a completely different, you know, racial or ethnic background and trying to integrate them as to that close of a relationship is, it's just a lot harder mm-hmm. and we don't, we don't do it in the same way. And so looking at that movement of acceptance com- and contrasting that with race and going, okay, we don't have the same kind of framework to make people just accept and learn and grow as fast. We just don't, unless I'm thinking of this incorrectly. And so what are the mechanisms to actually produce uh, or lower essentially racism by various metrics? And I'm interested in how we actually do that. By um, mixing. So, so some people would say that. Some people would say that. It's just, it's just like you have to have sex with this other person and maybe 200 years from now, America will be less racist. And maybe that is the answer. Well, you just kind of said it 
like how most people how fast it's been accepted because it's been in the family and but like how you said you know it's not like that for everybody but if it's like oh well i gotta love my granddaughter <laughs> actually it's so funny there's so many con- there's so many congressmen who are like well my wife is mexican so i and you know like yeah. that is a thing that yeah. is totally the thing so maybe it's just we gotta marry all right all the all the brown people go find your white person and then we can <laughs> we can solve racism here and now okay all right yeah. done just keep mixing make those those babies that's so i don't know i mean that's definitely part of it it's definitely going to be part of it but i wonder if there's i mean that's going to take a long time uh and some places are never going to be fully mixed and that's totally fine um well if you think about it like back when people started to mix um or or when was it since the dawn of time uh well no in america oh i see what you're saying america. okay sure um um yeah when people started to mix compared to like where we're at now i think we've progressed a lot yeah i mean mixed people well it's so funny because there's i mean there's accounts of persons yeah there's accounts of mixed persons on on the uh native american side right Uh of that happening how much of that is as a result of consensual unions same with uh black folks in slavery and how much of that was a result of consensual unions is another thing too Mm -hmm. um I'm talk- yeah, I'm talking about like maybe like the the 60s. I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm going like yeah. I'm going like slavery, I'm going, raping people. Well, basically, right? A lot of people are mixed because of that, and that's a yeah, whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. And that didn't quite bring. I meant like um, <laughs> I meant like mixing in like the 60s. Sure. Yeah, you know what? Like, did, wasn't said- there, wasn't there like a law like in the South where you weren't allowed to do that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. you weren't allowed to get married. Yeah, multiracial or mixed. Yeah, racist mar- marriages were not allowed until when? Let's look it up. Right. Yeah. Let's look that up. Let's look it up. I mean, it's specifically. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I remember somebody telling me a story. Like it was really like, and then like mixed race children had it the worst. Then like back if they were, if they were born like they experienced a lot of. Um, racism because they were not accepted by white people and then there were like um, at least a story of of a friend of mine's um, like aunt who was a product of um, of that (laughs) she was not accepted by white people her grandmother would not take her in not my grandchild and then um, black people were like we don't know who that is (laughs) yeah okay so I should have known this off the top of my head, but 1967 U.S. Supreme Court, Loving versus Virginia. I'm familiar with the case, but I obviously didn't know. 1967. Let's see what movie came out in 1967. Uh, famous movies. 1967. That's like not that long ago. Mm-hmm. The Graduate oh. with Dustin Hoffman. It came out in 1967. Wow. Bonnie and Clyde. <gasps> cool Hand Luke. Like I know these movies. They're the Dirty what, Dozen. What state? Jungle Book. Like the original Disney Jungle Book came out oh, in 1967. Wow. So that was technically an illegal in parts of the country in parts until of the country, 1967 How many when the states? Jungle Book came out. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. Like I don't like I think of that as an old movie, but I don't think of it as like yo black folks cannot marry us white folks. Right? During the Jungle during Book. During the Jungle Book. Yeah. That's crazy. That is so weird. Do you mind going back? I want to see how many states exactly it was. Let's see. Da da da, da 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 da. And was this going? The results right, right. That's so crazy. Nineteen sixty-seven. Because my grandparents. Okay, so this is. I'm looking at uh, Pew Research Center. 
Um, the Pew Research Center. La, da, da. Let's see. This is here. A growing, a growing share of adults say interracial marriage is generally a good thing for American society. I'm, I'm skipping a bit. Americans today are also less likely to oppose a close relative marrying someone than a different race. Now, 10% say they would oppose such a marriage in their family. Down from 31% in 2000. What? 31% <gasps> said that in 2000. Dang. 20 years ago. Basically 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And my so that here's the story about 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 why <laughs> my mom thought my grandpa would disagree with her having a child with a guy that was black and so that's why he's not on my birth certificate. She put somebody else in my birth certificate. Um, and of course, like, my grandma is like, I don't know why she would do that, whatever. My grandpa is like a, a Caucasian man. My grandma, um, she's um, uh, uh, like Spanish and French. She's got like Spanish and French background. Um, so I'd say like she's my Hispanic grandma and my grandpa's white. So that's interesting because it's like, 63 percent in 1990 that's when i was born and that was my mom's fear was that my grandpa wouldn't approve of that or whatever but of course like well here i am (laughs) and uh have you talked to your mom about it oh yeah (laughs) so my mom didn't say anything until i started asking questions at like eight i was like who's my dad (laughs) and then yeah so then Hello. (laughs) You called him. She called him. And, um, and yeah, I think that's like how it happened at least. But what was, if you don't mind me asking, what was that like? You were able to meet him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He came out, he was, he lived in Arizona, not Arizona, Hawaii. Um, yeah, Hawaii. And, um, but he's from California. Um, and I met him. We went to Disneyland. (laughs) And then I think like a year later, he came back with my sister. I have a half sister. Um, And she also, her mom is Caucasian. So me and her like kind of look alike, except I have a lot of freckles. Um, But we both have the same skin tone, same hair color. It's I mean, not hair color, um, hair texture. We actually do have the same hair color right now. We're both like bleach blonde. But yeah, it's really cool to like be like, oh, we look alike. We're sisters. (laughs) And so your dad didn't know you were born. I don't know. No, my mom never told him. She, they, she, he, he saw that she was pregnant, but she told him that it was somebody else's. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Um, I bet that was fucking awkward. <laughs> Have you talked to him about it? Um, not really. I'm not, I'm not too, too close. Um, I kind of feel bad that I'm not that close. Um, it's just kind of like how it is though. Like, like I talk every now and then, but I, I just I, I probably should put in a little bit more effort, but I don't technically um, do. I mean, it's also a completely different thing. Like I can't can't imagine just someone calling me up eight years from now and being like, <laughs> "Yo, so remember that one time?" <laughs> like that's that's got I mean, that's crazy. No, but he he <clears throat> he's got mad love for me and mm-hmm. like yeah, we're, he's very supportive and sweet. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, and so that's just interesting. Look at the looking at those statistics of like going back into like my mom's shoes and like her having those thoughts of, Oh, I wouldn't like, so I got a lie sort of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but of course, like, no, my, my, my grandpa is like my dad. Like he's not, 
he doesn't feel that way. He is an old white man, though, who sometimes, you know, he's old. And he has said, he did, he did upset me once because, yeah, my grandparents, they are, um, well, my grandpa's white, my grandma's Spanish, um, but they are conservative people. Um, my grandma's very Catholic. Um, they do have conservative views and they have Fox News playing all day. <laughs> all day. Yes, my grandparents do. <laughs> my grandpa did did upset me once. He did use the N-word once while watching Fox News. And I was like, Grandpa, like I think I was like maybe like 20 or something like that. I was like, Grandpa, you can't say those words. Like, you can't say that word. And definitely not around me. He's like, oh, honey, honey, you're my grandchild. <laughs> I was like, Grandpa, you can't use that word. Sorry, I'm No, screaming. you're fine. You're fine. I was like, Grandpa, you can't use that word. And I got upset. And I don't think he he realized that. They're just old. No wonder why your mom didn't tell you. I know. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. Know. That's horrible. <laughs> I know, right? Oh. No, but like, but he's like one of those people who's like, you know, and, and like, and I'm classifying him under like a huge, like, you know, umbrella of old white people of like, you know, no, I'm not racist. I have, ha- <laughs> I have, I have a, plenty of black friends. And I, I have just, a quarter like, grand black yeah, granddaughter. You're, you're my sweetie. Um, Therefore, I, have, I can use the N word at will. He, yeah, no, he, he's, he actually, he loves me. No, of he course. doesn't use that word. I haven't heard him. I'm joking. Say I'm joking. That's why I'm also like, but it did happen. But he actually, I, he's my favorite. I love him. He's my, he loves me so much. Of course. I'm his baby. Of course. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I might have white white grandparents and they're they've never been i've never heard anything from them at all in terms of race rather right in terms of like the only my my asian grandma like mostly chinese group in in china um she was racist like she would say stuff about all kinds of people even other asian people yeah all Uh, everybody was fair game everybody (laughs) except for chinese people i guess like but oh my gosh against japanese people because she was chinese she married a partially japanese dude so like (laughs) like (laughs) there's a lot of weird things there but um oh my gosh against black folks like it was all over the place and i'd be sitting there going crap you cannot see this shit jesus someone's like jeez i mean I used to make a distinction. This is another thing that I'm trying to figure out between people used to be like, uh, there's a thing on the right and the left that I'm confused by because the people on the left will say racism and people on the right will say racism and they're completely different words in terms of what they mean. Like, I feel like to conservatives, racism is treating someone poorly or think of thinking ill of someone poorly based on race, Mm -hmm. which it's, it is kind of to the left, but it's, I feel like to the left, it's far more of, uh, Racism is more of a structure of systematic oppression that is enacted by people's actions, but that doesn't... So a person need not be racist for there to be a racist outcome, Mm. right? Whereas I feel like for the person on the right, you need to be a racist to have a racist outcome. So for instance, right, we we used to have laws in the 80s and 90s that cr- criminalized different drug usage that just so happened to disproportionately send black mm. folks to jail, right? Mm-hmm. But they're mostly white lawmakers, but most of them probably weren't, in quotes, racist. I, I don't know. I don't know the, the contents of their heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. So even if they weren't racist, they still enacted racist outcomes. And I'm not saying that they weren't racist, but I'm saying either way, you can see an outcome that disproportionately hurts black folks, yeah. right? So theoretically, you can still be, you could be the most... 
I don't see race, which is another thing that we can talk about. Um, but, um, you know, greatest intentions and, and have a black granddaughter, right? And still enact... <laughs> And still enact horrible racism on folks, even yeah. if even if you didn't think. Well, I I've never said the n word. I don't know why. All white. I don't why know. Are that, we, but, or, or, why are we using this voice? Accent. This voice is horribly offensive. Horribly <laughs> offensive. I'm sorry, all people who have that accent slash. It's not. Oh shoot. Okay, gonna get so many angry yeah. messages from nobody because no one's gonna listen to this. Okay. <laughs> um, um. So yeah, but. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like part, that's part of the breakdown between the right and the left. So I, I want to have some more people on the right who are mixed race too to talk about it. Yeah. I don't know how to make things better except to just, just to, to love yourself, start inward and, and, and project that. And hopefully that pass goes on and passes on to another person. And it just, it keeps on, you know, rippling over. But I don't know. That's very like that's a very like looty dooty doo thing to say. But I can you what was that again? Looty dooty doo thing Beautiful. to say. We're gonna sample that at the end. It's <laughs> gonna be a lot of looty dooty doos. But like honestly, like I'm not gonna spend my days um, debating with people on the far right. That's just not what I'm interested in doing. All I can do is be um, shit like you know share my thoughts and my feelings and just project love because love as a frequency is always better than anything negative. So I don't know how we're going to change it. Make love, have sex, make some babies, mixed race babies. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. You've heard it from Chelsea. Uh, yeah, let's go do it. By the oh, way, yeah. I'm single. I, my type is are like, are there, are people that look like me, <laughs> but in male form. <laughs> we didn't get to this. Yes. You have yeah. a type. Um, well, I don't like to say I have a type. I've, no one does. I've found, because I have dated many different kinds of people, but I found I am most attracted to men that look like myself, who are mixed race. You're just a raging narcissist. That's, yeah, because I'm perfect. No. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. No, I'm just like, just people that are like mixed race as well. Like, I'm very attractive, attracted to men that are, you know, like half black, half white, maybe like. A little mix, little mix of some Spanish in there too. Basically, just describing what I am as well. Mm. Um, yeah, but but that's also because you can identify them, identify with them, uh, in that aspect of of you know being a little bit different and having this conversation that we're having now, basically. But maybe dating. <laughs> <laughs> you just mean sex. Add so sex to this conversation. <laughs> Your meetup is going to be... People um, just trying to hook up with other mixed race people? <laughs> oh, God. No. No, I'm just saying I'm definitely going to the next one because who knows? <laughs> Chelsea, is there anything that you want to plug or anything? How do people get you know, hold of you or hear about uh, you? A hold of me? By a hold of you, meaning like, you're like, hmm, what are you talking about? Are you talking about to, to mixed race babies? No. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm not like that. You I mean, want to make some babies? Give me a ring. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my. I'm not ready to have children now. No, I'm, by that I mean, like, where can people find you? See what um, you're up to. Yeah, you can find me um, on Instagram at Chelsea Perkins X. Um, you can listen to my music on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, the whole shebang. I'm on SoundCloud as well. I'm on YouTube, baby. You should check out my music video, Jewel, the one that I told you about that. Um, you know, got denied for the YMCA thing. <laughs> and you tell me, you tell me what you think. You think that would have been inspiring for young kids? Because I sure wish I had somebody telling me that all I had to be was me to love myself and to, to be loved. 
Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on. Yeah. Really appreciate it. I'm glad you could uh, be here. So. Yeah. Love you. Love. Thank you for having me. Of course. And that is how it went down. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Chelsea Perkins. If you'd like to come to one of our events, by events, I mean kind of our informal meetups. The next one is August 21st. Check out the info on our website, the 100percentpodcastcom Ooh, doody doody doo, ooh, doody doody doo, ooh, doody doody doo.